going to take it. and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome into another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Bob Ryan. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some NBA stuff. We're going to talk some college stuff because there are some uh, off-the-court things that happen in the college ranks that I would like to get your thoughts on, uh, Robert. But first, uh, I was on NBC Sports uh, Boston last night, and I said something that I think is probably going to get some attention, um, maybe not for the better. Uh, I said that the Celtics should look, look, look at dealing Jalen Brown. Okay. Now hear me out. Hear me out before you I haven't jump. Said on. A word. I'm done. I'm yeah. said a word. Yeah. I know. I know. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because okay. I think a lot of other people are going to jump all over me before hearing the entire story of what I'm saying and what I said last night, which was is there a team out there, Bob, that feels that Jalen Brown is or could be a franchise player, a franchise guy, a top 10 player in the NBA? If that is the case. Why not look and see what you could get for him now? I'm not trading him for uh, 75 cents in a dollar. I'm not trading him for anything less than uh, another all-star and maybe more because he's 24 years old. But I would look to see what I could get only because I still do not think Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker are great together. I don't think they fit so well together because they are still at their core, all scorers. Um, So what I said was I would do a trade of Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal. I would do that trade. I don't know where you stand with that, but Bradley Beal, now he's a scorer in Washington because he has to be. Okay. They they got nothing else really for the most part. I know they got Westbrook now um, and they had John Wall who was hurt, but ultimately Bradley Beal, can be a ball mover also. He is a very good passer, a very good scorer, not as good defensively as Jalen Brown, but still a good defender as well. And he's 27. He's not 24. Let's not make it look like 27 is over the hill here. He's in his prime. That's prime. My my first instinct is it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. You do that. And then uh, who's your starting forward? Who's who, who, who's on? Who who moves up? What else? Well, you go Kem, Kemba, Beal, Tatum is your four. You 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 probably play uh, small with Smart, and and and, and then got, no, it's, it's, uh, that's it. Uh, uh, Tatum's your your. I mean, really. An answer. I'm I'm thinking of everything you said, and, and I I Smart can can guard a three though. Marcus Smart can easily guard a three. Oh yeah, I I agree with that. And Beal can, you know, I just think Beal fits. No, I love Marcus, but I don't want to put too much on him. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, I like him because he's unique, and he is. And I don't want to hear about it. anybody else that's like right. him or anybody like him. But um, I like him in this hybrid role. You know, I don't know. Uh, that he well, can. I think he's got whether or not they have. Uh, regardless, you got to. I think you've got to have Marcus Smart on the court at the end of the games. Don't you? I mean, your your best five players when Marcus Smart comes back here yeah. are, are clear. They're clear as day. well, maybe not your best five, 
but your four, your four guys are clear as day, which is obviously Tatum. Right. Who's it? I mean, everybody wants Robert Williams today. And I know you, you, you had a nice, you know, uh, tweet about Robert Williams and Bill Russell in the same tweet. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish Bill Russell would teach him the nuances of, you know, keep, uh, of how to yeah. take full advantage of this great ability. The question arose on Twitter, uh, when's the last time the Celtics had anybody like Robert Williams? And the answer is they've never had anybody in my experience quite like Robert Williams. And, and, and that uh, you have to go all the way back to Bill Russell uh, you know, in, in a sense, and that Bill Russell remains. I know people, you know, don't want to hear from the old farts. You know, they don't want to hear from me. They don't want to hear from me I'm, I'm, because they can't. I know it's a hard concept. By the way, we're rambling, but that's who cares. Yep. I know it's a hard concept for anybody today, anybody under 50, six, anybody yep. to understand that some people are ahead of their time. Bill Russell was an athlete ahead of his time. He put the block shot into the game of basketball. He did it. One person did it. It started with Bill Russell. That's where they have to understand this. Okay. And and he did it because he was an extraordinary athlete with incredible timing, something that is unteachable. Okay. It's unteachable that that his great, the things that made him Bill Russell ultimately were, are unteachable. He was innately smart. You, know, you can't make somebody smarter. He, he, he's and he, he was the, the timing, the instinct, and and the psychology. You know. Well, anyway, he, he was the master of the block shot, unlike anyone that's ever lived. And I'm sorry. So then, uh, if if he could impart some of that wisdom into the the most extraordinary physical being at that position the Celtics have ever had to do this, namely Robert Williams. Uh, you know, people still thought Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish, do you ever? I don't ever remember seeing Robert Parrish do an alley oop dunk ever. Wasn't his game. Now, he barely. Hey, he could barely get up to dunk it at seven feet. But what like, he could do was run that floor. He, oh, oh, he was but elite he level. But he floor. wasn't a great vertical athlete. He was no, not a great vertical. He could athlete. run that floor. And, right. and 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 anyway, all right. So anyway, so yeah, that's the thing about it. Uh, so but so Bill, get back to Beal, 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 Beal and Brown. Get back Bill, to it. Let, let, yeah, this what's back. your thought? Well, you know, you know, my goal is to keep everybody get an add on. You know, I still am I just hopelessly foolish to think that somewhere out there Danny can't find a a an, an instant offense guy uh to help come off the bench. Yeah, and, I, I think he can find that. I do. I think in the buyout market there'll be somebody. There will be somebody uh to me that can help. I, again, JJ Reddick in his 13 million. Now, the longer you wait, it's obviously less than that. They had a 20 point game last night, by the way, after, after a while. But. I probably would take, I just think if you put JJ Reddick on the second unit with Peyton Pritchard, it gives him a weapon. It gives you somebody that, that has respectability that you have to guard. And, and more to me, it's also about like the veteran presence, a guy that's been around a long time that can help in that locker room with Tatum with Jalen Brown, and you can put him out in that first unit. You can put him out with, oh, yeah. with those guys, and, and he's going to space the court. He's going to give those guys more space, yeah. Tatum and Jalen Brown, so they can't just worry about them. And now Kemba obviously changes things. So I, I do think Redick would be a guy I would look at. I'm not sure if I would definitely do it. I haven't watched enough of J.J. Redick throughout the season to know is he has he really fallen off the cliff or not? Um, 
but New Orleans wants to go younger. Yeah, they want to go younger. So yeah. they're not playing him as much. So maybe David Griffin would, you know, the problem for the Celtics, honestly, is what do you have to trade? That's yeah, the problem. No, I know. That's exactly the problem because, you know, unless you want to trade smart, which I don't want to do. I don't either. But, but I mean, right. Well, you know, we know what their assets are. They're tradable assets are, are, are Tatum and Brown and, and smart. And, and, uh, you know, and, and there's nothing smart. else though. I no. mean, honestly, like people are like, well, Robert Williams. Yeah. I mean, like maybe, maybe well, you could trade him, but is it worth it? Might be infatuated with him, and, you know, right. and, and want to, but what would you get for him? But, you know, I, I, I'm just fascinated having a guy like that on this team for the first time in our memory. I, I want to develop this guy, you know, but. Uh, well, I think he can make Kemba's job easier too, because Kemba can now throw some lobs to, to Robert Williams. Yeah. If he's in the game. If you kind of get like, he's not a guy you're going to throw the ball down to on the post probably ever, but in this new age of, of kind of a rolling big man, he's perfect. Like who's better than Robert Williams. If you can figure that out, like he's better than, than Clint Capella at that. He's so athletic. Um, he's so physically like gifted. To me, it's all about the the, the mental makeup uh, and whether Brad Stevens can trust them. But maybe Brad has just figured out, you know what? I, 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 listen, we're not going anywhere with 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 the combo of, of Tyson and Tristan. They're they're nice. They both play hard as as you know what. But ultimately, they're they're capped out, right? They're capped out. Neither one can score at all. Well. Tice, I don't know. No, but they are what they are. They're, they're, they're NBA players. Yes. They're NBA guys. They belong on NBA rosters. They, they, uh, one or both of them could be in a rotation, uh, uh, you know, at least eight, at least nine for sure, but maybe eight and, and on a, on a team that could win a championship maybe, but, uh, uh, but you know, it's not, we're not enough to propel the Celtics where they need to go. No, it, so it's that it is not. That is not. Well, so, you raise an interesting thing, you know. And Beal, you know, yeah, Beal's obviously at the peak of his game. He's averaging, he's leading the league in scoring. I mean, which certainly no one saw coming necessarily that he would be this good, you know. And he, and he really, he's a, he's having a sensational year. Um, I, I love Beal. Not that I don't love Jalen. I love Jalen too. I just don't know if those three fit together to be able to win the East. The Ryan and Goodman podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college hoops, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's my biggest concern. Now, I talked to two, two veteran players yesterday, NBA players that I trust, that have played the Celtics one multiple times. Another has played them in the last two weeks. Um, and both kind of told me the same thing. They, they both said, listen, I would ride with what you got right now. Get Kemba back, you know, which he is. Get Kemba healthy. Give him the all-star break, and, and he's playing much better. Get Marcus Smart back. And then you've got a totally different team than you had early in the season when you had two guys, you know, basically one, one, one player I talked to just said, like, like I told you two weeks ago, they can load up on those two. They know where those shots are coming from. 
And then when you have when you had Tatum and Brown and one of them were off the floor, he said it was like it was so easy. It was so easy. You knew where all the shots were coming from. And the problem is then more is expected out of Tice. And it's not fair to Tice or Tristan Thompson. That's not them. And so both of them pretty much agreed. Stick with what you have. Add a piece. Now, one of them said, yeah, they'd go Redick. The other said they probably wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's the decision Danny might have. And maybe he just waits and sees, is there somebody else in the market? Another guy that I thought about, and I said this at the end of the show last night, he doesn't fit what they need on the court that much, but the team stinks. They're going to go younger. And he's in the last year of his deal is P.J. Tucker. Oh, I love him. In the locker room, on the court, toughness, all of it. Wouldn't you love to have P.J. Tucker on this team for that reason? Well, I, I, I know you said that, and I, I, I go, oh, that's an interesting one. You know, I, I, I got on that bandwagon last year. Okay, yeah. Tucker took a while, but I did get on it. And I understand why you would say that, and it would be intriguing. And, 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 and he needs to get out of there. Right, and they need him out of there. Like, yeah, like he he's not happy. He shouldn't be. He's all he about winning. Right, he's all about winning. So, to me, again – I think the consensus right now, and the other thing I asked the players was about Brad Stevens. And I said, what would you do? I said, there's a lot of people here right now that want Brad Stevens out. Now they've won three in a row, so it's quieted down for the moment. But I said, there's a lot of people in Boston that want him gone. And uh, they both were like, are you out of your, your mind? Like, you're not getting anybody better. They said, unless he's lost the locker room completely, mm-hmm. you're crazy. Because both of them said he he is a great coach. And the only thing, you know, one of them kind of said to me, like, are, are these guys watching them play? Are they, uh, are they all about kind of me next? You know, is that the problem with this team right now? Especially when Kemba was first coming back. So, you know, they, they were worried about the, the, the makeup of the locker room a little bit, but it was hard. You know, they said, like, without being in the locker room, it's just hard to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so would I, like, what do we know? We don't know. I'm fine, but I find that that hard to believe. That would be a real disappointment to me if that ever took place, ever. And and if, if that would be the cause of a problem that he, Brad Stevens, would have any kind of a circumstance where he would, quote, lose the locker room. I, right. But, I'm, hey, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I would be really, really bummed out if that were the case. I, I find that hard to believe that, that, that that's going to be ever be an issue. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll lose the locker room. I just think Brad is what he is. He's not going to change who he is. He's not going to all of a sudden come in yelling and screaming oh, and, no. and, and no. swearing at guys. That That's not him. So, like, you know, I think he earned the respect enough over the years by what he's done, overachieving as a coach. And now it's just like, all right, are these guys bought in? And, and I don't know how they can't be. Because, again, it's not like if you're Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, the entire offense is designed around you. The entire offense. So you can't complain if you're one of those guys and everybody else in the team isn't good enough to complain. So I, I don't know what anybody's kind of complaining about here, you know, with Kemba being back again, I, I just think the key is you got Kemba back. He's playing well, finally. And now you got to add Marcus smart coming out of the break. And then you see, but you got, listen, your top three, Bob, your top three are probably as good as any top three that, that doesn't reside in Brooklyn in, in the East. Yeah, well, um, see, I, I didn't want to 
go full panic mode when it was going bad simply because it, you said yep. give me get let's get back the team whole right. and it, it hasn't been and and you know all year because it started out without a real Kemba and then it's been a month without Smart yeah and and so you know let's get the the whole thing put together and see what we got played. I thought I saw somewhere they played like 28 minutes, the four of them, all year. Yeah, all year. Never, yeah it wouldn't shock me. Right. So, you know, that's so what not, are we doing here? You know, we're, we're just like, I don't want to overreact that anymore as I want to overreact to three in a row, including the team teams that are depleted themselves, yes. you know. So that's I know that, you know. I mean, you know, the, the, you, you get the lucky break of playing the Clippers without Kawhi. Right. And then you got to get down to the last second. Yep. <laughs> you know, let's not, get, let's not get crazy here, you know about who, what they've accomplished and they, they, they stopped the bleeding. Yes. And I'll go. And, that, and that's okay with me. That's yeah. And now they stopped the bleeding, but I'm so, not, I'm not all excited that they've actually, you know, become a juggernaut. No, I know what you are excited about Thursday night at eight o'clock. I know you are excited. You're going to be sitting by your television, watching the NBA all-star game draft. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, riveting God, stuff. Man. You know the All Star Game. It's finally coming, and it's going to—they're going to have it come hell or high water. And even though the mayor of Atlanta doesn't want to want them in their city, and it's—we it, it, all know it's all about do- dollars. And and now they've cloaked it in in, in charity because they're involving the HBCUs. We're going to come away with a lot of money, which is nice. I'm very happy about that. Yep. It's fine, you know, and that that gives them a, a, a sense of civic responsibility, if you will, you know. But the fact of the matter is that this that the there's no real out. There was no one really was excited about having this game. The players didn't want to play. No problem was hardly alone in, in saying it. And uh, yeah, they would, and under normal circumstances, they would love to have an, an all-star experience. And there are players who are involved who are, who, who are going to get this most out of as, as much out of it as they can. Um, I know that Jalen Brown is still excited about the honor of being involved. I know yep. that uh, Julius Randle Randall is very excited about the honor. Zach of being and he said, Zach Levine, who's having a quietly sneaky, amazing season. <laughs> that nobody outside of Chicago seems to realize. And uh, um, so, yeah, there were, and, and I appreciate all that. But, you know, don't get me started on how the game itself is, they, that they've had to trick it up just to get interest. It shouldn't, I don't, Mike, I don't know what mentality allowed us to get where we are, okay? How did we get where we are? I know where we are, yeah. but I don't know how we got here. How did we deteriorate so much? To, to, to trash this NBA All-Star game that, that they to, to turn it, you know, it, it so deteriorated into an alley-oop of Palooza. It's unwatchable. And a, and a it's unwatchable, Bob. Unwatchable to anyone who actually likes basketball, real basketball. No, I it's and one. It's and one. That's what it is. I stopped it's like... watching it. And then last year, of course, they tricked it up and, and actually, right. you know, there was a, it was a, a novelty interest involved. Yep. And, and, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to be honest. I have a, a, a professional reason why I'm going to have to watch sit there Sunday night and torture myself and watch the whole damn thing, including the slam dunk contest, which should have been abandoned after Spud Webb won it in 1986. <laughs> so, you know, when it, when a five foot six guy wins it, I don't want to hear about, it. you know what, the, you know what, if I'm being this, I've been saying this for, there should be a height limit on the dunk contest. <laughs> you have to I'm be very serious. Six, six. Who cares? If a six nine guy, I remember when Larry Nance won it, and I predicted yeah. he would that year, and he yeah. was six nine, and that's the first time someone that tall had, had won it and was going to win it. And then we got, I don't, do I care if, if seven footers can dunk? No. Like, no. Why, no. Why, what is the point? Right. I care if Spud Webb could dunk. That got my attention. Yeah. But yeah. but anyway, there should be a six six limit. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Six 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 seven. 
You know, I mean, who cares? It's not ridiculous. It's 6, 10, 11. The new year is here and marks a fresh start for your small business. Whether you're shifting business hours or hiring more remote employees, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. When your business is ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you can find the right person and find them quickly. And to lend a helping hand, your first job post is free. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions. LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. And now you can do this all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. Visit linkedin.com slash scribe to get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash scribe and you'll get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the list of names and you're going to tell me if you were uh LeBron I think LeBron might have the first pick. I'm not sure if, if KD or LeBron do, but if if you are LeBron, who are you taking number 1? If I'm going to give you all the choices, who is the guy you're taking? Okay, uh, number 1. Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, your boy Sabonis. Ben Simmons, uh, Vucevic, Devin Booker, uh, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson. Look, I'd be into, I, I don't want, like the guy, I'd be uh, totally intellectually dishonest yeah. if I were to say that the honor of being the first guy picked isn't James Harden. So, I mean, he's been the best player in the league this year. Yeah, I think you're I, right. As much as it kills me, and you know, I, I don't like anything about him, but but he has produced at a phenomenal rate since he's now the, his manner of exit from Houston was disgraceful. Okay, yeah. and, and if you want to if you want to judge him strictly on that, don't take him. Um, Those were the uh, reserves. Those were the reserves yeah. that I that I read. Yeah, I know, I know, and uh, the I mean, starters are pretty good. Listen, I mean. Well, Bradley Beal, starter. Yep. Joel Embiid might be the damn MVP of the league right now. Oh, he's certainly in a, high in a discussion. He has been. Uh, not that we worried. Obviously, physically, you you look at somebody. Do you like the Kendrick Perkins has been comparing him a lot to to Hakeem? Well, you know, it's obvious comparison. You yeah. know, a, a tall fellow uh, who was born and raised in, in the continent of Africa. Yeah. Uh, but and by the way, Hakeem was the guy, his model. I believe I'm told he that was. he wanted to model himself after. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, Hakeem remains the greatest player ever born outside the United States of America, in my yeah. opinion. The, the play in the NBA, Dirk Nowitzki is second, but he's number one, Hakeem, and uh, uh, he's an extraordinary player. Um, he's and he was noted for certain. I, I I won't put him on. No, I can't put him on that level yet. No. But he's, he's only, but he's still got time to show us. He's been healthy. That's the greatest part well, of this. Bob. Remember this, just his path. I he, was worried. He's kind of been put. Yeah. He sat out two years. Right. Right. Able to play, and in the third year, played thirty-one games. Amazing. <laughs> After being drafted as the third pick of the two thousand fourteen draft, he sat out the next two years. 
and then play 31 games. So um, he's just getting it all together, frankly, in his, in his career. Um, it's a goal. He's not Elijah Wan, and no. he may never be Elijah Wan, but boy, I'll tell you what, it's fair to say if there's going to be a next Elijah Wan, it may very well be Joel Embiid. I mean, he's averaging 30, 30 and, and, and 11.6 right yeah, now. 30 and 12. Uh, it's 40 and 19 on, on uh, Wednesday night against the Jazz, against Rudy Gobert, right. which he took as a personal challenge, right? Yes. That was yeah. a big personal challenge. I'm saying, like, Joel is just like, when he was, wants to. When he wants play, to. That one play, he just knocked, he just, he just knocked Gobert at the next week and, and yeah. got away with it. Oh, he, <laughs> that was great. He's so talented and so skilled. And I remember the crazy part was in AU ball, he didn't even get off the bench. He didn't play. He was buried behind a kid named Chris Walker, who ended up going some McDonald's All American, uh, who went to Florida and never made it. He's in like the G League. I vaguely remember the name. Yeah, you know, yeah. Joel didn't. And Rick Pitino, your guy, was the first one to tell me he would be the number one overall pick before he ever played a game at Kansas. He told me mm-hmm. that maybe before before his freshman year because they recruited him a little bit mm-hmm. and. Um, and he would have been the number one pick if he hadn't got hurt at Kansas. I mean, it was clear as day. I did a little research on him and, uh, you know, Wikipedia research yeah. that uh, his original goal was to be a professional volleyball player in Europe. And then he was at a camp and Luke Maba Amute. Ba. The, the M is silent. The Ma, Ba yeah. Amute. He comes in and, of course, he's a fellow Cameroonian. Yeah. And and says, young man, you are very tall. I think this, I have I think I have a game for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked. It worked. He's making a lot of money playing that game, and he may get an MVP award this year uh, if your boy Doc Rivers can keep them uh, together. Which, again, when when Doc was hired, the one thing you and I both said was, if there's anybody that can figure out the dynamic of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons mm-hmm. and whatever uh, whatever other personalities are involved in that locker room. It is Doc Rivers. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy for Doc. Obviously, you know that, and I'm, I'm um, so we'll see how this all works out. But he certainly has to be enjoying what he's seeing every night with that. With that, uh, no question. All right, we're going to get to a couple college topics. Yes, your thoughts on both of these. We'll yes. start with uh, Greg McDermott, who I've known for 20 years, Creighton uh, head coach, who uh, made his way into the news this week because uh, after a loss to Xavier, uh, he was. He was talking to his team, and he's a pretty mellow guy. I mean, really mellow guy. And he he basically said something. I'm paraphrasing, but if you're if if you're not if you're not on the plantation, get off the plantation. Yeah, yeah. use the word. Awful choice of words. Awful. He knows it. Trust me. I've talked to enough people uh, close to him, and including his son, Doug McDermott, who I've known forever and is one of my favorite people I've ever met doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, listen, he knows he screwed up. And in this day and age, if you, if you screw up, you're, you're, listen, you're going to feel it. And rightfully so. And the team decided, he basically said, I'll resign. If you guys want me to resign, they said, no, Yeah, they wanted him to coach last night against Villanova. They want him to coach the rest of the season. As of now, now things can change. Um, players didn't come out publicly and support him. That's that's the one area they haven't they haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything. They played the game, and then the one player who went up after the game, Damian Jefferson, 
when he was asked to comment about it, he said, I'm, I'm not talking about it at all. I'm just talking about the game. Everyone uh, of a certain age uh, needs to, you know, has been placed on notice yeah. that certain casual references yeah. that meant had no harm and it had different residents years ago are no longer a, a, available to you. Okay. This is what happened here. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I know that there's no priors that I know of. I don't, I mean, I, I don't believe that he's got yeah. the reputation. This isn't like a, the other the coach reputation. in the Midwest earlier this season who had priors, who had, yeah. who had a head of track record, right. uh, you know, but not, not this guy. Um, you know, huh, hey, there with the grace of God, uh, go I kind of thing. As you know, uh, I'm going up to 18 years ago. I got my, I, I had a verbal gap yeah. on, 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 on local television. Wind up getting me suspended for an entire month. Really? By the Boston Globe, and uh, uh, it was a it was a hyperbo- hyperbolic remark, yeah. and that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was that. But you know, I I paid a price. Uh, obviously, this is long. It had to do something long before me too. And, you know, we, you know, and now yeah. after me too. You know, nothing close right. to that, that is possible. Anyway, so I know what it's like. To, to make an honest, stupid mistake and, and then pay a price. That was 18 years ago. And, you know, uh, but this whole thing about plantation, I mean, I'm going to throw it. What if he had said reservation? I think that's what, talking a, to people close to him, I think that's what he meant to say, Bob. And I still think that's egregious. No, it's not. I wouldn't see. I don't think it's egregious. I think it's un, unacceptable. Okay, it's, that's fine. Uh, that phrase, off the reservation, as a, if you use it that way, I'm going. He went off the reservation. That has been in the lexicon of American the, the, you know, the, for my life. Yeah. All right. And 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 people have casually used it in many contexts about somebody when deviated from the script. You yeah. know. You now it, it it means exactly the same as off script. Right. It's not what it means. Off the yep. reservation. Well, yep. except that I'm sure that the Native American community uh, would object. Correct. Correct. Um, so 25 years ago, they wouldn't maybe because they didn't feel any, they felt imp, uh, not empowered. You know, they felt disenfranchised right. and they wouldn't. No, I, I think you're right. I, I think he probably did mean uh, off the reservation. Uh, instead, he, he said off the plantation. And, and again, listen, we'll, we'll see kind of how this plays out. Uh, again, all I can speak to is my experiences with Greg McDermott and that family. I've never seen anything racist. Uh, out of anybody I, in that family. I find it just look. I don't know him either, and I but I find it so hard to believe that that yeah. is, that that occurred to him at the time. It was just a phrase that he was used to using. That people knows what it meant. That you you know you got to stay home. We got yep. to st- we got to stay together. We got to stay back home. You know, right. and and you know he he chose a, a a loaded word that that has terrible connotations, and 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 he's. I, I hope he doesn't pay an ultimate price. That's all. I think. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, listen, if, if I was kind of surprised the little bit he coached last night. I thought maybe he would be suspended or, or suspend himself for last night's game. He did not. All right. The, the last one I want to talk about, it's one kind of dear to my heart. <laughs> uh, Jim Beheim uh, took a shot at a, a, a reporter's question last night in the post game. They won. They won the game. They beat Clemson. Great win for Syracuse. They're back on the right side of the bubble, I think. And uh, one of their reporters, Matthew Gutierrez, who is a Syracuse alum now working for the Athletic, asked him a question about a couple players. And I don't even remember the the, the context of the question. Uh, but basically, 
uh, Beheim said uh, after that, here, I'm quoting, but if I played Jesse and Kadari, we'd probably be 22 and two now, sarcastically. I just didn't see that. Couldn't figure it out by myself after 45 years. I need a reporter to figure that out who has never played basketball in his five foot two. It's cringeworthy, Jim. Those of us who want to like you. Right. Okay. Which I do. I've you had do. enough encounters with him over the years yep. um, that, that I've seen him away from the fray. I've right. had a beer. I've, I've had a beer with him yep. and, 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 and I, you know, no problem. Um, but this is utterly unacceptable. And that's the thing about it. Uh, he went way out of his way. This is the result of a tweet that Mr. Gutierrez uh, put out uh, some while back uh, saying that, that uh, they, he thought that he wasn't using those two guys in question enough. And they, they, at that point, I think it was, I think he said we'd be 17 and five. I believe that's the phrase at that point in time. Okay. I mean, not the phrase that I think those are the numbers. Okay. So he, he tweeted it. Jim Beheim had a, the, an actual, another question was the, the, the SID or the woman that was, whoever was conducting the press conference was ready to acknowledge your question from another reporter. You could hear the voice on the tape. And then Beheim suddenly jumped back in to gratuitously introduce this other line of discussion going after Matthew Gutierrez for the tweet. Yep. Now, a couple of things. It's before we get to the worst thing, but I'll start with that on a degree of difficulty. Uh, is, is he, in 45 years, uh, he's never known what anyone would like just question a, 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 a strategy or a, or a judgment. And, 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 and by the way, after 45 years, shouldn't you be ready, willing to, you know, Except roll, you, let, you, yeah, you're wrong back. at times. Let it, let it go right. Roll off your back, A. Right. Then when you go a height joke, a height reference, a, a, dis, a, a dis, you know. For what? What gratuitous shot. Now, I don't know if there's any history between the two, you know, and you said he went to Syracuse. Maybe the history goes back to when he was an undergraduate. I don't know. Who knows? But it shouldn't, there shouldn't be any history. There shouldn't come to, he went out of his way to be, to make a totally snide remark that degrades him and makes it hard, you know, for somebody like me to now defend him harder than it would have been if he had never done that. There's no excuse for it. None. And, and if I'm, if I'm a superior, you know, I think his AD, well, it's not going to happen because he's, he rules, you know, we know right. he's the most important figure in the history of the school. Right. Frankly, you know, you know who his AD is, right. You know, who his AD is who it is now. I forget who it is now. My former boss at ESPN, John Wildhack. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. Good guy. Really, really good guy. So he, no, he's not going to, he's no, not going to suspend or even probably call Jim Beheim in his no, office. No, Jim slap him on the wrist. No. no, he, he, you know, he's, he's in, but be careful, Jim. I'll give you one example. You you can you can go too far, Joe Paterno. Just remember so, that as the motto about a fall from grace from that's un, that was unimaginable at a, at a at an institution of higher learning. So don't get too cocky, Jim. But uh, that that was unacceptable. But he'll pay no price for this, other than a loss of respect from you know from uh, to some degree from people. Do you remember the comment he made? Uh, it was 2013. Okay when he told reporters to go get your Pulitzer somewhere else. Do you remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> it was at Marquette. It was at Marquette. And that was directed at me and Michael Cohen at the time, at the time, a Syracuse uh, student newspaper reporter. So Michael Cohen had hit him with a question about maybe playing. I think it was Dewan Coleman, putting in Dewan Coleman against uh, 
Marquette had a big boy named Devonte Gardner. Okay, big, big, you know, plotting kind of big man. And I think he asked them, and that that started to piss Beheim off a little bit. Then I followed up with a question about leadership. Well, that didn't that didn't go over well. That didn't go over well. So he basically uh, then went at both of us, and and it ended with, "You guys can go get your pointers somewhere else." <laughs> I I laughed. Listen, you know, like we've been in this long enough to know, like it is what it is. You got to let it roll off you for the most part. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a have- personal attack. Like if somebody makes a personal attack at me, my family, it's different. But anything you say about me, I don't care for the most part. Uh, I thought it was funny. And and Jim and I had a, had a pretty good relationship up until that point. Yeah. And we, we've had one since. He called me the next day, Bob. He called me the next day to apologize. Oh, really? See, that's a side yeah. that you want to see. Now, he, I don't know how he's going to – what he has any plans to even acknowledge what he did last night. It's going to, it's going to get some play. You know, we're doing We're talking about it. You know, right. it's all over. It's all over Twitter. Absolutely. For anybody. So we'll see what happens. But it was degraded. Come on, Jim. You know, you, you, you don't you know, you don't need to do that. Particularly when he's coming off. The thing is, he was praising, you know, saying, you know, it's hard to win in this league. It's nine and seven. We're, I, the kids are doing a great yep. job. Exactly. He had a nice high, you know, high level. Right. And another question is coming and he has to. Oh, wait a minute. I got I, I'm going to put on my nasty hat now. He likes drama is, is, I think, part of it is, is for what, for what, you know, ultimately. So uh, anything else? You got anything else? Uh, no, I'm just, uh, just, just, I'm a little, uh, just in terms of competition, you know, uh, I had just decided that the big two in college basketball was a big three and, and uh, suddenly Michigan uh, got humbled. Yeah, that, they sure I don't know did. what happened in that game, but they got humbled. Yeah, mm-hmm. without without Illinois' best player and a not the, the gun, your candidate. playing. I mean, now I mean, I like Illinois. I, I've been trying to preach the gospel to people, as you probably know, on Twitter about how loaded the Big Ten is, how much fun some of these teams are. The, you know, really, the, the Big Ten. I, I I love watching Big Ten. These all these teams play this year. You know but, what you got to watch today? I got one for you today. Have you seen? You should, and, and if you haven't, you need to because of your your buddy and and former boss Joe Sullivan. Have you yeah. watched St. Joe's? Have you watched Ryan Daly ever? No, but I know they're playing uh, shortly against UMass. One, one o'clock. You have to watch at least okay. watch 20 minutes of it. Okay, Ryan okay. Daly might be top five f- favorite players in the country for me. I, I saw him last year at Charleston. He's six, four and a half. Even he will say he, 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 he's, he looks like he should be playing in the YMCA. Um <laughs> He just doesn't look the part. He is a terrific player. He missed two months this year with a broken thumb and came back when, honestly, he had told me early in the year, he's like, I'm probably done. You know, at this point, they were they were owing like 10 in the league. They were horrible. He wasn't going to come back. He comes back, and they've won, I believe, they're 3-0 or 4-0 since he came back. So they got UMass uh, today in a matinee. So you need to watch Ryan Daly. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's a deal. I can, right, work, well, I can work that into my schedule. <laughs> and next week uh, will be my last show Before. from my uh, from my abode. And then I will be, the, the one after that, I will be in Indianapolis at the right. Residence Inn in downtown Indianapolis. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm, so, all right. Anyway, everybody right. Uh, uh, join us next week. Thanks for, uh, for joining us this week on the Ryan and Goodman podcast. We'll be back next week. Make sure – 
you subscribe to the pod wherever you listen to your pods, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, whatever, and uh, CLNS Media. Make sure you, you follow us on there as well.